and welcome! You're listening to Cold Dark Podcast. This podcast was created by Cold Dark fans for Cold Dark fans. So if you love the TV shows or the original novels by Winston Graham, then this podcast is definitely the place to be. My name is Delenda. I live in France. I blog at British Liso on Tumblr. And you can find me on Twitter at Delenda Dia. My name is Rita. I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Podark and tweet at Rita Bite. And I am Michelle. I live in the States. You can find my blog on Tumblr at Poldark Muses and I tweet at Musings. So this week we're starting a brand new format. Um, so we'll be releasing two podcasts on Wednesday we'll be releasing our book club podcast where we discuss the latest chapters of our current read which is The Force Ones and on Sundays as usual we'll be releasing a commentary track from the 1970s Poduck. This week's will be the first episode and we are so excited so please remember to check in with us twice this week. The commentary track podcasts are going to be a different format than usual. There will be no episode discussion or description, so we highly encourage you guys to play the podcast along with the episode to follow along with us. Uh, you can buy the episodes on iTunes. Uh, they aren't cheap. They were running about $24.99 for season one, uh, $1.99 per episode uh, here in the States. I'm not sure what that is in pounds. Um, they are on Amazon Prime if you have the Acorn TV add-on, which is $4.99 a month or $49.99 uh, annually. Uh, They are doing a free seven-day trial, so what I would recommend you do that if you want to give this a try, wait until the podcast is released next Sunday and then sign up for it. Uh, You can give it a try, see if you like it, and uh, keep on going at that point, or you can cancel. Uh, The other thing that you can do is to pick up the DVDs. I know that's what you did, Rita. and they're only seven pounds at the moment. Dang. So that's, <laughs> that, yeah, that's the least expensive option out there right now. It should be a fun time because neither Rita nor Delanda have ever seen an episode. So you'll be getting their very first impressions. Uh, so I'm, I know I'm excited Yay. about that. If you've been avoiding season three spoilers, then please check back on Sunday because it's basically all we're going to talk about. So bye. Bye. See ya. Okay. So book club. We are covering book one, chapters 13 through 14, and book two, chapters 1 to 4, which corresponds to chapters 13 to 18 in the Audible audiobook. Also, remember that we are hosting a contest for book club where we will reward the next three books in the Poldark saga to our most consistent participant over four swans. And those books are The Angry Tide, The Stranger from the Sea, and the Miller's Dance. They're sitting right next to me as we speak. <laughs> Eager for us to get through this thing. So, and, and so am I. So let's get started. Uh, what or who has struck you the most in these six chapters and why? This could be a specific person, storyline, action, and or situation. All roads lead to the kitchen said it's all about the man-woman relationships for me this reading. Dwight and Caroline, I worry for them, but their love seems to trump all in the end of their arguments, so I'm still hopeful that all will end well. Hugh and Demelza and Ross, a sticky situation, but I don't get the impression that it's too worrisome. (laughs) (laughs) Sam and Emma, will she or won't she give up her independence for him? Morwenna and Ozzy and Rowella, just all around ick. Shit's gonna go down, and while Ozzy's busy trying to figure out how to throw Rowella in the river, oh my god, I know. I'm busy trying to figure out how to throw him over a steep cliff. I really want this to turn into a goodbye L storyline. George and Elizabeth, I'm not really worried about their relationship since they seem really meant for each other, but it's been fun to read about both of their wily ways, and I look forward to seeing them on screen. Yeah, I do too. I think that's going to be great. Deepak67 said, The Ross, Demelza, Hugh storyline. Demelza struggling with her feelings, attraction to Hugh, 
and Ralph's trying to be understanding and supportive. <laughs> Absolutely addicted pole darky said, Demelza and Hugh Armitage is fascinating as a train wreck. I can't look away. And Amanda Poldark said, Rowella's decision struck me as weird, but this time around I find myself paying more attention to her. More on that later. So what do you think, Rita and Michelle? My favorite storyline, no surprise, continues to be the Sam Emma one. <laughs> Though I was struck by how shitty the audiobooks reader performed one of my favorite scenes of the 12 books. <laughs> it was just so flat. It was um, bad. <laughs> Emma's confrontation of Sam for his absence and his subsequent proposal. It's so good. When I read it in the novels, moves me incredibly and then when I heard it in the audiobook I was just so disappointed mm -hmm. there are loads of undercurrents and tensions in that scene that I think he just completely missed and I see their relationship and dynamic as incredibly rich like this push and pull between lust and love and religion and morality with his longing for her it's just great and Sam's feelings for her have overcome even his desire to serve the Lord. And we now have a situation where Emma is searching him out and worrying about her effect on his position in the connection. And I really enjoy this conflict because it's original and it stems organically from their characterization and doesn't have like the soap opera level drama of some of the other relationships in the series. I feel like as the series went on, Winston sort of started relying more on these kind of incredibly dramatic plot points rather than the characterization that I really appreciate. I agree with you 100%. Um, I think the first time I read the book, um, I was in a hurry to kind of get through it because I knew it was going to be painful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, this time through, I have really enjoyed the way this relationship is playing itself out. Uh, despite the um, lack of talent <laughs> uh, when it comes to the, the guy doing the audiobook. I mean, you know, give him his due, but really... He's doing like 12 different accents, yeah, so he's he, doing pretty well. Yeah, he really missed the mark on this one. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I f always find myself doing as the storyline is, is coming along is I, I kind of wish Drake was there to kind of go, uh-huh, see? Not so easy, is it, man? <laughs> because, you know, Sam was always, you know, pretty, you know, oh, well, you know, I don't understand how Drake can be all tied up with this more wedded woman. You know, he needs to be serving the Lord, blah, 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 and, and that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm, guess what, I hope that they have that in, they have more of that in the TV show, because yeah. it would just be wonderful. Yeah, I agree, I agree. I quite enjoyed the scene where uh, Emma goes to see Drake and they talk about Sam. He's like trying to he's like really confused like wait you like Drake now? <laughs> like that came out of nowhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Emma's like yeah kind of awkward. <laughs> oh. I want that scene yeah. so hard. So Hugh's leave taking and the absurdity of calf love or something more manipulative. So all roads lead to the kitchen said, okay, <clears throat> I'm kind of torn on this subject. While I do think Hugh's persistence towards Demelza has gone too far and believe he should have accepted her refusal with grace and moved on, <clears throat> I don't feel like he's particularly manipulative. Maybe because... Maybe that's because we don't get a lot of inner Hugh monologue, but I don't actually dislike him at this point. BPAC67 said, I don't see Hugh as manipulative. I think he is in love with Demelza, even though he has her on a pedestal. He's never come across a woman like Demelza. After his imprisonment, as he mentions earlier in the book, he has appreciation for life and the world. As a result, I think he feels uninhibited to express his feelings to Demelza, even though she is married and tries to rebuff him. And absolutely addicted Paul Darkie said, I wondered about his immaturity, but then when we discovered his disdain for marriage early on, and his continued pursuit of her, it was more obvious he was being manipulative. He does not relent to back down, even after Demelza pleads and explains that she is happily married. Uh, I mean, don't either of you think that his constant inclusion of Ross in his letters to her is a bit manipulative 
as if he does it in order for her not to feel like she's being disloyal if Hugh remains as thankful and grateful for his rescue by his liberator. I tend to think so. I don't think Hugh is being intentionally manipulative. Um, because honestly, I don't think he has the emotional maturity to be manipulative. Because I think manipulation requires like skill and subtlety and some kind of intelligence. And like Hugh, I feel like Hugh is not being subtle. He's pretty obvious, and it's not really manipulation if the person knows what they what you're trying to do. And I do think he is just unrelenting and willing to go to just extreme lengths to attain her attention and that includes doing some pretty ridiculous inclusions of Ross's name. Yeah, he's not manipulative. I think he's more naive and uh, yeah, because he's young and maybe he hasn't been confronted to uh, lots of women in his life and uh, now that he's found um, one that he could be uh, in love with I think and Seeing how older her husband is, maybe he thinks that uh, he would be a better match for her than Ross. As I was going through the last of the responses, uh, it, it seems like Amanda Polder agrees with you, Rita. She said, I know a lot of people believe he's manipulative here, but to me, the second time around, he sounds even more like an idiot with his irrational head in the clouds. <laughs> he sounds like he's never had a serious relationship with a woman before, so that's why he's obsessed over Demelza, even though he knows Demelza can't be more than a friend. He's claiming he doesn't have a, quote, youthful affliction, but he sounds like a dumb teenager. <laughs> That's pretty true. The fact that he told Demelza he can show Ross the letters to me reads as a sign he's lonely. I know a lot of people believe he's manipulating Demelza, but I think he's more speaking from obsession than genuine desire to hurt her feelings. At this point, going away for him is a good idea just because he might meet another girl who's single and forget about Demelza. But here's the deal. Of course he's going to keep the letters adoration neutral uh, because she asks if she would be able to show them to Ross. But then what does he do? He adds all of his poetry on separate pages, which she's already shown her willingness to stuff away in a pocket before sharing the letters. She did that when they received the invitation to Tahiti um, from Hugh, you know, and this was, you know, all before the whole Judd bullshit. Y'all think that this guy is being an innocent young swain in the throes of his first love, but he needs to stop because she asked him to. And I think this, this, for me, uh, kind of almost parallels the, the whole question of uh, non-consensual, dubious consent, consent, etc. She said, stop it. She told him to stop it. And he's still persisting on doing this. So uh, I'm sorry for the Demelza fans out there. And I am a big, huge, goopy Demelza fan. She's already too swept up into the romance of this thing, even before the the Judd thing, uh, to be serious about putting her foot down. Do you, do you get the reason why I'm di disappointed? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It 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 it's I'm... it's not as though she's being completely honest and candid with Ross that this guy is writing her poetry because she's not showing him the poetry. Okay. So moving on. Well, actually not. Um, <laughs> the specter of Hugh Armitage is creating tension and distance between Ross and Demelza. What are your thoughts about this growing threat to their happiness? All rights leads to the kitchen said, I don't see the threat as much more than a blip in the normal ebb and flow of a normal relationship. I think as long as Demelza stays sure of her love for Ross and the beliefs in their marriage that it will pass. Ross seems to understand Demelza's affection towards Hugh, knowing that he was her first everything, and the age difference is much more pronounced in the books than the TV adaptation, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. The understanding of the older, wizened book Ross. Mm. BPAC67 said, I think Demelza is 
becoming withdrawn from Ross by not discussing her feelings with him about Hugh like she had previously. Ross asks her if anything is wrong and she tells him there isn't. I also wonder whether she is also becoming a bit more withdrawn because of what Judd mentioned to her about seeing Ross and Elizabeth in the graveyard and deciding not to raise it with Ross. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Absolutely addicted, Paul Dorky said. Well, this has certainly been a wake-up call for Ross, hasn't it? He's feeling threatened. What I don't understand is why he doesn't take this threat more seriously. Why doesn't he confront Hugh? I did enjoy Demelza and Ross's honest discussion at Trey Govnan in the bedroom. Um, I have <laughs> I have major feels when it comes to the subject of adultery. Um, and while we have not seen any um, physical acts of adultery uh, that, that could fall into the adulterous behavior cesspool, um, <laughs> there is an emotional infidelity that is brewing within Demelza, especially after she learns of Ross's meeting with Elizabeth in the cemetery. We'll get to that whole reveal in a few moments, so I'll save some of my comments about that for later. Uh, BPAC said it very well. Uh, Demelza is withdrawing from her husband and not sharing what she is feeling with him anymore. In fact, she's turning his face from him uh, when they're making love. And I think that's that's a real telling uh, sign uh, that there is something seriously wrong. Uh, you know, for a woman who said she was content to be with her husband, to love him only, the distance that's happening will start to destroy that. Uh, as for the age difference, I'm very interested to see how they'll manage this on the show, because I think a lot of the comments or the commentary about the, this this wide gap of age difference is rambling around in Ross's own head. We we hear that when he's thinking about uh, kind of what's happening with uh, Demelza at these house parties that they've been going to. Uh, you know, he's seeing a man or he's seeing uh, Demelza uh, interacting with a man who is about her age or slightly younger. You know, it was not an uncommon thing for older men to marry younger women. Uh, so the age difference of 10 years really falls into that category. Um, I think the men Ross is interacting with these days, uh, Falmouth, etc., are older than he is. And since he's spending so much time with them, He's beginning to think of himself as being a contemporary of, of theirs. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, we hear the descriptions of Ross in the books as being uh, pretty vibrant. You know, he hasn't gained any weight. He's still wearing the, the, the same suits that, that he had when he was younger. And so it's not like he has gotten fat or anything along those lines. As a matter of fact, we hear more of that happening with George than we do with Ross. Um, and I think that all of this age difference thing is, is something that's stuck in Ross's head. And Amanda Pollark said, my thoughts are that Ross is to blame for the distance in the first place. <clears throat> After all, if he didn't cheat on Demelza, she wouldn't have given Hugh the time of day. He seems so concerned about Hugh giving Demelza a different sort of attention and yet he's doing nothing about it. He never told her about the graveyard meeting with Elizabeth, which is to me a major setback in their relationship healing. Demelza is still insecure about Ross's loyalty to her, and that I also blame Ross for. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so how about you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, I guess the thing about this entire storyline is that my perception of this is coloured entirely by Ross's betrayal. And to me, it just, it doesn't bother me as much as that did, because, like, I honestly don't think Demelza's feelings for Hugh are even partially as intense as Ross's were for Elizabeth. Um, Demelza, in my opinion, she's going through a bit of a quarter-life crisis, and Hugh and, like, the distance that emerges in her marriage is a symptom of that, not the cause, um, which makes so much more sense to me. And it makes her like a really compelling character study of Demelza, um, who was previously, I don't want to say one dimensional because she had depth, but she was always in the right and always a goody goody. And this gives her a little more flavor. Like Demelza got married at 
17 to a much older man, more experienced man. And he was 10 years she, older. It's not like he was, you know, like 40. He was 27. But when they met, she was 13. The difference in right. their experiences, like, she, this is her first love. Mm-hmm. Like, she's literally never had a crush that was not Ross. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's never been able to, like, when you have more experience and have had more crushes, you know how to deal with them. You know which ones are, like, important, huge loves, and you can distinguish them from, like, a mild attraction. And because she never had those experiences, she's not able to go, oh, well, this guy's just flattering me, and, like, blow him off casually. She doesn't have the skill set. Like, she never developed a thicker skin about these kinds of things. And there's so many experiences like like going to a ball and flirting with men and like a certain amount of freedom that she never experienced. And I think this relationship that she's developing with Hugh is in large part sort of just her having those experiences anew. And that's anyway, that's how I see their relationship. It's not like a great love affair. She doesn't love him. I think she feels some sympathy for him. She's had experience dealing with men who have been flirting with her. We've seen that. The reason why this one is more problematic is because she's attracted to him. Yeah. She's attracted to him. And and she's never been, she hasn't learned how to deal with that emotion. Yeah. That's the problem here. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I'm kind of of worried about how they will um, adapt uh, the storyline on screen because we saw... Well, we read on in Black Moon that uh, Melza and Ross's marriage was a happy marriage, and so I'm kind of worried that they will um, still keep the incident of May uh, as a um, something that will motivate Melza uh, to actually uh, go through uh, um, the cheating with you. But to me, she doesn't have feelings for him. She's just fascinated, and um, the fact that he's a uh, young well he he is her age and uh how he has the fact that he has so much uh skills in uh seducing her <laughs> i don't know but uh yeah i'm kind of worried and uh, yeah i don't think ross is to blame for this but uh yeah no i think it's uh yeah demelza is to blame um amanda brought up something that i think flies smack dab in the face of how this series is constructed uh, you know, if he didn't cheat on, if Ross didn't cheat on Demelza, she wouldn't have given Hugh the time of day. Now, I buy that argument for the show version. Uh, and Delanda, as you mentioned, you know, perhaps that's where they're going to go with this. And yeah. if they do, it's going to it's going to piss me gonna off to no end. Um, because it, it uh, <sighs> uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, I want to remind folks that we had an entire book <laughs> between <laughs> right? the reconciliation that takes place at the end of War Legan and the start of Four Swans. And in the Black Moon, there is absolutely no sign of discontent between Ross and Demelza. You know, they've been going at it like rabbits since Christmas. She's pregnant within a couple months after that. Uh, he's chasing her around the house, pinching her butt. So they've had this entire year and a half before Hugh appears on the scene. And this is why I can't see Hugh's attentions as being this sweet, simple thing of a young man who is in love for the first time. If they try to frame it as, like, this is Demelza's retaliation, I'm going to be so pissed. Because I honestly feel like this comes organically from her character. She is a person who is too free with her emotions and her affection for other people like there's that one um passage where like they have all the moths that fly into the house they try to catch them all but she finds it really depressing because she she hates seeing all of the these beautiful creatures killed and actually just saying moth like freaks me out because they're so disgusting (laughs) but she's like one of those really sweet emotional people and i think 
obviously that's not a flaw, but it can be if it's directed in the wrong direction. And like this is entirely down to like Demelza and how Demelza is wired, I think, mm-hmm. and not because of her marriage, mm-hmm. which she says she is really happy in. <laughs> so let's take her word for it. Yeah, yeah. George returns from his first session of Parliament and has a lot on his mind. What concerns you the most about his return? Paul Rhodes, leader to the kitchen, said, At this point, just the fact that he's got his sights set on keeping Drake down and probably trying to injure him even further. Amanda Poldark said, I'm concerned that he's going to start all kinds of trouble just because he's a pet <laughs> He may also burden Elizabeth with suspicions about Valentine. I feel like he already did that. It's better that he stayed in London so he's not trolling people. Preach! Dishlagen. And yes. uh, yeah, so BPAC67 said <clears throat> his intention to cause trouble for Drake and his new life as a blacksmith. Absolutely addicted Poldarkey said since George is worried about Jeffrey Charles's friendship with Drake Karn, I became concerned as to what lengths George would go to stop their friendship. What'd you guys think? Um, like my first thought was that Elizabeth is gonna <laughs> fuck him over. To be honest, <laughs> like I know he's an ass hat, um, but her whole plan to try and win him over again is manipulative and cruel. Like no matter who she's married to, she's doing the wrong. Thing. <laughs> well, she's she's doing the wrong thing, but she's trying to protect her son. Is he worth saving? Oh Question. damn! <laughs> I don't like him in the later books. Damn. <laughs> Oh, me neither, but, you know, that's that's another show. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, think, <laughs> I think what I found uh, interesting were the glimpses into his insecurities uh, that really plague him. You know, when he's coming back from London and he's talking about all the wonderful things that he saw and, and did and, you know, how he wishes that Elizabeth had been with him because she would have basically been able to coach him through all of the things Aww. that he he didn't know what to do or, or how to respond. You know, that is such a, a massive insecurity with him. It, it, and it's a, a moment where we see that part of George, which we oftentimes don't get to see, um, you know, and, and, and then what he does to try and kind of recenter himself. And I think uh, making trouble for Drake and Sam makes him feel superior again. So I, 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 I'm finding it very, I, I'm finding it interesting. I am quite concerned, however, about what he might do to, to Drake just because of this bullshit with Ross. I mean, grow up, guys. You guys are in your 30s now. Can you stop, like, <laughs> acting like you're, you're freaking junior high school, for God's sake? Years go past. Yeah. They get in a room. They still hate each other. Hiding in pubs. <laughs> exactly. <down>. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, God, grow the hell up. So, some startling news about Rowella. Don't you think? Discuss. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> Okay, so all roads lead to the kitchen said, oh my gosh, the same. This part of the story just disgusts me and infuriates me. I'm always screaming at the book. I mean, really? <laughs> what did you think, Ozzy, that Rowella just magically wouldn't get pregnant? <laughs> I know. It just sickens me that the first thought he had when he found out was how he could kill her or get her to kill herself oh. and that her pre- oh my god <laughs> and that her pregnancy was a trial from god god what <laughs> yeah her still screaming oh my god same. and while i blame ozzy i have to say that rowella isn't exactly my favorite person either i know that she's a child <sighs> which is old enough to have thought about the harm that this relationship air quote relationship could cause all involved. BPAC 67. Ozzy is a despicable human being who seems to get away with his appalling treatment of women and I'm hoping Rowella's announcement she is pregnant will finally see him becoming undone. Mm. Absolutely addicted poldarky. Ugh. I thought that it might happen. Not surprising after all. This whole situation is so disgusting. Poor Morwenna. I did worry Ozzy might harm her in some way or worse. 
Amanda Poldek said, the first time around, I thought she was a straight up slut. Ouch. The second time around, I believe Rowella caught on to rev rapists pretty quickly and realized that the only way to save her sister was to offer herself up as bait and then flip the script on him. Her admitting she's pregnant will force him to give her money, possibly set up a good marriage match, and or the power to stop his abuse of Morwenna via blackmail. What do you think? <laughs> you know, um, Amanda brings up an interesting perspective on this. However, I've never thought of Rowella doing what she did to protect her sister. I don't see her as being that altruistic or that aware. You know, and, and if her kinky power dynamic game is crazy <laughs> strong, you know? I mean, you know, she's calling him vicar at times when... when That was when I was like, I love her. You know, I mean, she's she is, she is some sly stuff going on there. And so I, I don't think that she's doing this out of love and protection uh, for her sister. I just think this is what she was just saying. She's selfish and she is a mastermind manipulative person. And yeah, uh, yeah just because she's yeah. young, I don't think we should feel sorry for her. Like uh, she had her, you know, her awakening. So she knew what she was doing and uh, God knows how many times they did it. So I knew it was coming. <laughs> knowing, knowing Ozzy, probably a hell of a Yeah, lot. especially with Marwena unable to, poor girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <gasps> yep. Oh god. I have like really complicated feeling about her because I I love Rowella. She's like one of the greatest characters. She's so confusing. Um so she's 14 when she comes into his life and basically starts manipulating the shit out of this grown man and that is troubling to me because I think there was definitely a period where she could have been his prey the fact that he was like peeping on her without her consent is just disgusting but the fact that she managed to turn that around and like they said flip the script on him and basically she's in the position of power in mm -hmm. this relationship is like really fantastic to me <laughs> I, I applaud her because she used her sexuality as like a weapon in this sense and she managed to I mean it's put her in a completely terrible situation you do not want to be a 15 year old pregnant woman out of wedlock yeah but and pregnant by your brother-in-law yeah you but then again I'm like when I was trying to figure out this character it did occur to me that she might she's obviously been framed as like the smartest sister in their family mm -hmm. and she reads greek and she's incredibly intelligent and she's always watching mm -hmm. so i think she may have picked up on the dynamic between her sister and the creepy rapist mm -hmm. so i don't think it's impossible that she was trying to help her sister but i think it's not going to be an entirely selfless move i think she was probably thinking i'd like to sleep with him and this kills two birds with one so. <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like there's just something i can't understand this character because i think the motivations just seem really far-fetched and i don't understand like a 14 year old girl who is and like, I she's not gonna i want to clarify she turns 15 uh because before this whole thing starts up with Ozzy, because I think he starts peeping on her at, right after her 15th birthday, because they make a big deal about her turning 15 or something like that. As if that is I know, a threshold that, yeah. to women. You know, it's like, ooh, there's some big difference between 14 and 15. The fact that she's framed as like this 15-year-old sexually provocative woman at that period just doesn't make sense to me. Do you, I don't feel like it's realistic, but I still love it. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> well, you know, and and it's it's interesting to to think about this. You know, we're talking about, you know, this this 15-year-old girl who is who is this master manipulator, um, that type of thing. And yet we talk about Hugh as being this young, 
innocent, not very knowledgeable. He can't be manipulating the situation at all, can he? I just don't think he's as intelligent as Rowella is, though. But he's, I feel like he's... Yeah, he's had experience, and he's admitted that he's known women, which, you know, to me, makes it clear that, you know, he's he's not some sweet, innocent virgin. No. No. But it's it's kind of amazing how like they're framed in the context of this story. Like you've got this completely impossibly like <clears throat> knowledgeable fifteen year old mm-hmm. versus this like twenty three, twenty four year old man mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be like, Oh, isn't he a sweet little innocent yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. injured fawn? Yeah. Y'all y'all can be in that camp. I'm gonna be on the other side going. He's a god. Maybe he's a maybe he's a serial home wrecker. <laughs> maybe. Could yeah, be. yeah. I just wanted to say um, that uh, Maymoth screen. Uh, you guys probably saw the pictures, but they shared several pictures of the new actors that we'll get to see in uh, series three. And uh, when I saw the picture of the actress who would play Rowella in her Rowella costume, I was like, okay. I have not. She's the perfect. I've not yeah, seen the pictures. No, guys. no, no. So, uh, Delanda, uh, find find the picture and uh, we can post it on the blog so that uh, folks can see that too. All roads lead to the kitchen. Said he hasn't grown on me in the books like he has on the show, and I don't feel any sympathy for him. He's a grouchy old curmudgeon who hurts animals. Oh God, I didn't need. I need to talk about that. Oh, and his. Revelations de Melzo is presented with pure malice. I am not a fan of his. BPAC67 said, I'm torn between Judd revealing to de Melzo that he saw Ross and Elizabeth at the cemetery as a deliberate act by Judd to hurt and upset de Melzo, or a total lack of understanding and perception by a blabbermouth of the impact on de Melzo. I also wonder whether Judd is being sarcastic when he mentions to de Melzo that she is happy and contented like Clowance, and found it a bit telling when Demelza says, not always, not always. Absolutely mm. addicted Paul Darkie said, why, why, why? I wanted to scream. <laughs> <laughs> this was a turning point. Judd's blathering fortified Demelza's interest in Hugh Armitage. Honestly, I'm sure she was thinking, how much more can I take of Ross and Elizabeth? Thank you, Judd. Amanda Podak said, Judd just basically gave Demelza permission to cheat on Ross. <laughs> and to me, he deserves a bit of karma for what he did with Elizabeth. No matter how much he was bitter about being fired, he couldn't stand Elizabeth and knew she was bad news. The first time around, I thought he was spilling the tea because he was mad, but this time I totally believe he has a hidden soft spot for Demelza and he cares for her in a weird way. <laughs> Weird. Wow, so many, so many different kind of opinions and and looks on this situation. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, Riga Delanda? I mean, he's a complete ass hat who like hates dogs, so is therefore just a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Like, get off this planet. But this entire situation could have been avoided if Ross had just told Demelza he ran into Elizabeth once. <laughs> like, Christ, he didn't even need to give her a play by play of their actual conversation. Like, just tell her he had run into her. That would have covered it. It would have been nice. That's all that needed to happen. One word, communication. Uh, I think think there was um, a a moment in the book when uh, Ross was about to tell her, but then he thought that it was uh, useless. And uh, I think maybe uh, Judd thought that after the incident, uh, everything... um, they figured out everything, and maybe he thought that she knew. Who knows? So maybe for once, I'm gonna defend Judd and think that it was completely harmless, and he didn't know that she didn't know. Yeah, I I have oftentimes said that nobody communicates in cold <laughs> It's like they just don't talk at all in Cornwall. And, you know, I agree with you. I I wish that Ross had said something to her about the meeting um, earlier. And again, no blow by blow. Just, you know, he ran into her. That's it. I've said goodbye. And I'm not going to see her ever again. You know, or, or, or that 
he had the opportunity to have it out with her about, you know, what happened and that, you know, she has given him, you know, a piece of her mind and blah, 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 you know, and, and so we've said goodbye and we're not going to see each other ever again. But I, I also Problem remember, solved. Yeah, I also remember that section in the book where Ross is thinking about, you know, wishing that he had uh, the ability to talk to Demelza about this situation, particularly as it relates to um, the question of Valentine's parentage um, and not feeling as though he could go to her because he knows that Elizabeth is the one area of conversation that is a bad thing to to have with Demelza. Uh, so, you know, while I think a lot of people like bash him upside the head about not telling her, you know, I, I get the reason why he chose not to. He thought he was being uh, more thoughtful and, um, and caring by not telling her about it uh, because he knows that, that, that Elizabeth is her bete noir. And uh, so I, I get why he didn't tell her. I wish he had because of her finding out from asshat. <laughs> Judge. But it's interesting that I think the distance in their relationship that we were talking about earlier definitely comes as a result of her learning that information. Mm -hmm. Imagine a scenario where Ross had told her he'd run into Elizabeth. That distance never would have been created mm -hmm. and like the events as they follow mm -hmm. wouldn't happen. Yeah. And I would have been so much happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Also, just like wonderful plotting from Winston when you think about mm -hmm. all these events that sort of compile on top of each other oh, and absolutely. then like uh, absolutely years of tension. Yeah, it, it it is one of the things that, you know, when you're able to kind of step back and out of of what's happening on the page and look at the, the, the way the story is structured, uh, you really gain a, a massive appreciation uh, for Winston Graham's ability to weave these plots together and have them build on on one another in order to create the the, the situation to move the story forward it really is a, a master class at um kind of plot development okay so moving on can you pick out a passage that strikes you as particularly profound or interesting please share it and why all roads lead to the kitchen said I find it interesting and awesome the way that Emma stands up for herself in her conversation with Drake when he asks her if her conviction of sin that's keeping her from being with Sam, she was the one that had me saying, preach, no, and the hell with <laughs> your damnation preaching. No, I don't know what it is, but I feel no sin. Sin? Sin is doing ill to other folks, not enjoying what you've got in the world. Sometimes I think Sam's not a good man, but a rare, wicked one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a great. Yeah, that's actually my favorite quote. I think sin is doing ill to the other mm -hmm. folks, not enjoying what you've got. Let's see. Both absolutely addicted Poldarky and BPAC sixty seven loved the honest discussion on pages two thirty to two thirty three between Demelza and Ross about Demelza's feelings for Hugh. It shows Demelza's vulnerability and struggle and Ross's compassion and understanding. Feeling sick, love? He asked. No. You were a thought liberal with your port. It's long since you drank it for Dutch courage. It was not for Dutch courage. No, I think I know. Do you? Well, tell me. I can't. He sat on the bed beside her and put his arm around her shoulder. She leaned her head against him. Oh, Ross, I'm so sad. For him? Well, I wish I were two people. Tell me. One, your loving wife. That is what I always wish to be and always shall be. And mother, content, content, content. But for a day, there was a long silence. For a day, you'd like to be his lover. No, not that. But I would like to be another person. Not Demelza Polar, but someone new who could respond to him and make him happy just for a day. Someone who could make someone who could laugh with him, talk with him, 
flirt with him maybe, go off with him, ride, swim, talk without feeling I was being disloyal to the man I really and truly and absolutely love. And do you think he'd be satisfied with that? She moved her head. I don't know. I suppose not. I suppose not either. Neither. Are you sure you would? Oh, yes, Ross said. It is not a unique occurrence. What's not? What you feel, how you feel. It occurs in life, especially among those who have loved early and loved long. But I don't want to be disloyal. I don't want to love elsewhere. That's not it at all. I want to give another man some sort of happiness, some of my happiness, perhaps. I cannot, and it hurts. Peace, love, it hurts me too. Does it, Ross? I'm that sorry. Well, it's the first time I've ever seen you look at another man the way you look at me. She burst into tears. He said no more for a while, content that she was beside him and that he was sharing her mind and emotion. Ross, you're very good to me and very patient. I know. Oh, you think I am become self-satisfied in my role as husband and protector. Not so. We both walk on a tightrope. Would you rather I give you a good beating? Perhaps it is what I need, she said. It's a great, great section. I hope that we see that in the show um, because I think it's a, a rare opportunity for us to see uh, Ross being patient and being uh, willing to, to listen and understand and, and show some of his own personal uh, anxieties about the, the situation. Ross the husband. You folks are always talking about how how much of an asset mm -hmm. he can be at times. You know, this is this is an example of him being, you know, the exact kind of husband that everybody thinks that he should be all the time. Okay, so um, as always, fill in the blank. Dear Debbie, I will be your fan forever if you include no 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 in season three. All rides lead to the kitchen, said the above-mentioned Emma and Drake scene in season three. Yes. <laughs> BPAX67 says the conversation Caroline instigated with Dwight about their marriage. Yes, when Sam tells Emma he loves her. The conversation between Ross and Demelza about how she wishes she was two people. The message from Morwenna to Drake via Jeffrey Charles that she would never forget. Oh no! <laughs> Absolutely addicted Podaki said, please, please include Emma Trigals in season three. I really do like her. She seems very real earthy honest and amanda pollark said a return of season two angrier snarkier demelza because of ross's inability to deal with their problems contrasted with hugh's poetry in season three please cut hugh's poetry please cut his, his poetry is not good poetry it's like very bad poetry. Yeah. Amanda's stabbing me in the chest. I really don't want to see angry, snarky Debelza. I really don't. Grr. Though she is a fun time. <sighs> because if she's angrier and snarkier, then why the hell wouldn't she go and confront Ross about seeing Elizabeth? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I mean, That's the, a good the, point. You, you, you why can't does have she her be all, you know you know, loyal, steadfast, true, you know, I'm going to live, I'm going to do what I think I need to do. And then she hears that news and then, oh, I'm not going to go talk to him that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. And it's, that makes yeah, me really nervous. You know nervous. she has a history of passive aggressive. You got like the entire first series of her being like, oh, I don't like Elizabeth. Oh, I'm so jealous of Elizabeth exactly. and Ross being oblivious. Exactly. Like, but she has she's... this epiphany after the incident where, you know, she, I mean, she up and goes and confronts Elizabeth on the show, which she doesn't do in the books. Um, you know, and, and she talks about how, you know, it's like, okay, he, he's all yours. I'm done with him. I'm going to go live my life, blah, blah, blah. So Show Demelza is a bit unrealistic in that sense. Exactly, like, exactly. Because you can't have her be like that and then have this whole, oh, I can't go talk to him because he didn't tell me about it, blah, blah, blah. You know, which makes me very <laughs> worried about what they're going to do. The adaptation. But mm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to oh, speculate Debbie. on it. I'm not going to speculate on it because it'll just drive me crazy. 
and I've said I'm not going to speculate about it. So it might it might make sense. I don't know. Good luck, Debbie. You've already kind of already ruined it. But yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I want as many Emma and Sam moments as possible. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking that I'm not going to get many, so I'm just like clinging to the possibility. I'm going to be like bitching in every podcast. Where is my Emma? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose she's only going to be like a tiny role because it's only half of the book. Yeah. And they have so much plot. Yeah. So, Lasai. Yeah. What about you, Delanda? Uh, I just want all the scenes between Sam and Emma, and uh, the all the conversations between Caroline and Dwight. We need to talk about those because they are magical. Oh yeah. Also, another instance where the the whoever is reading the audiobook completely misses all mm-hmm. Caroline's jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is one of those. This is one of those times that, in you know, I've listened to I don't know how many different audiobooks that I almost wish that they had two people reading. They had one person focusing on the the male parts and a woman focusing on the the female parts, so that we would get that that dynamic that happens. Yeah, and like there's a lot of moments where Caroline's being really droll with Dwight in that scene in particular. She's uh, some of her comments about like their relationship failing mm-hmm. is like just a joke. Yeah. But he says it with such seriousness that I think you haven't read the novels. It's coming across like she's just like completely flipping out at him. I was like, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Um, but that's. Give us all the Caroline and Dwight. Please, please, please. please. Okay, question or observation of your choice. This is an optional thing, uh, but feel free to share whatever question or observation you've made about the book so far. All roads lead to the kitchen, said, I was happy to see Elizabeth almost kind of sort of defend Geoffrey Charles's friendship with Drake to George, and also defend Russ on the matter of him purchasing the shares and will leisure from Geoffrey Charles. Will Grace, not to be pedantic or anything, but... Yes, it, it was real real grace, the the shares in that. But notice that this change of heart happened after she'd had her encounter with Ross in the cemetery. Um, I think it adds credence to the theory that the reason she was so hateful towards Ross and Demelza and anyone attached to them was because she never had the opportunity for resolution about the, the incident. You know, this time she's finally had the opportunity to, to really have it out with Ross and express her feelings about what happened uh, that night. Um, now that she's done so, you know, we see her being a little more, you know, she's not a, she's not a go team Karn uh, <laughs> uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, she is prior to this, anything having to do with anybody related to Demelza um, and Ross, uh, she was all on board with whatever things that, George had had in store for them and now here she is you know defending uh Drake's friendship with Jeffrey Charles etc etc I personally see this turnaround as just like a pure plot device for later (laughs) events in the series similar to that of Francis's just like miraculous recovery um Elizabeth like her flaws didn't just vanish over one conversation and I find it just sort of incredibly trite like she still has all the same problems and all the repercussions she's still dealing with those but suddenly she's like oh okay I'm gonna defend Ross like uh, no he still impregnated you (laughs) like this is a problem you can still be resentful I, I don't think that, that, that her her character has made a 180 degree shift uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I find it interesting that, you know, she's now willing to, to be a little more considerate about Jeffrey Charles's friendship. Although what I, what, here's something that just occurred to me. Um, she sees how much Jeffrey Charles has changed since he's been away at Harrow. And 
she knows how much value the friendship with Drake has with Jeffrey Charles. She's always kind of constantly fearful that she's going to lose her son. And so she may, she may have decided to uh, try and defend that friendship uh, as a way by which to keep Jeffrey Charles's affections. So it may not have anything to do <laughs> with, uh, See, with this, with this confrontation much thing and much more to do with. Like that seems like something that would actually occur to Elizabeth in her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is true, that was too subtle and I did not pick up on it. <laughs> It just, it read to me like she had one conversation with Russ and was like, oh, okay, I'm back to being his bitch again. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm going to have to reread um, that section again to see whether or not that could be, could very well be the case. That her doing this is all in uh, hopes of retaining the affections of her son because she sees him slipping away. It would also be like a great method of just keeping him around her mm-hmm. a lot more often. Like yeah. if he's there to see his friend, he has to visit his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is calculated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, what's next? So, um BPAC 67 said <clears throat> What perceptive child Jeffrey Charles is, how we told Drake, he did not mention he had seen Morowena because he didn't want to reopen the cut, but the cut wasn't healed. He's such a, he's such a great character. I really do love him. See, Amanda Poldark says, Overall, I believe so far my theory about later events with Hugh seem to be holding up. I do believe that the opportunity for revenge Demelza didn't take in Warlegan might be taken later on. Mm. Mm. I've already spoken about how we don't don't agree with that. I hate this! (laughs) I hate that, that, that there's this thought of Demelza getting even with Ross by doing all this stuff with Hugh it it just uh, oh god that just bothers me okay so that is it from us from the book club please don't forget we have a second podcast this week if you have any messages please contact us at the usual places i.e on twitter at poldark podcast or on our tumblr at poldarkpodcast.tumblr.com Thank you for listening. We really appreciate all you guys getting in touch and we will see you all soon. Like in like four days. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. I'm touching hands with someone seriously beautiful. Feel it burning in